Hello and welcome from Mount Pleasant Baptist Church. This podcast you're about to hear was recorded at our Burrigan campus. So sit back, relax, and enjoy what God has to say to you. Well, good morning everyone and welcome to church. Special welcome to any visitors here with us this morning, especially those of you from Shalom House. I know that there's a really big group from Shalom House, and so we hope that you're particularly blessed by our service today, and we just love having you here with us, as well as any other visitors and anybody else who got roped in because of summer on Sundays or whoever else and however else you found yourself here. We don't really mind. You're more than welcome. As Mim said, it's week three of our Summer Sunday series, and as you've just seen, uh, we're unpacking the parable of the prodigal son this morning. Jesus gave us this story because he wants us to see his heart for the lost, for those who don't know him. And it's a beautiful story, it really is. But I want to start this morning by saying something to the kids in particular. So kids, if you've already zoned out, come back to me, please. Zone in, because I want to say something to you. I'm a realist. I really am. I'm, I'm a realist. So even though I like my sermons, I really like my sermons. I know that you probably can't remember, well, any of them, if we're being 100% honest, right? You probably have no idea about any of the sermons that I've ever preached. But I pray that you would remember this one. And I pray that God would sow seeds in your heart this morning that would never be taken away. Because there may come a time in your life when you find yourself far from God. When you think to yourself, man, I've really stuffed this up. I don't even know if God wants me anymore. And in that moment, I want you to remember the parable, the story of the prodigal son. And I want you to remember this message so that you would know that no matter where you go, no matter what you do or how badly you think that you've stuffed it up, Jesus is never done with you. Never. It's just not his character and his nature. He will never write you off. He'll never abandon you, that he's there right now and always will be with arms wide open, calling you home. That's true today, but it will always be true. It's one of the beautiful things about who Jesus is. And I know that because the Bible says that, but also because that's my story. I lived that. See, I grew up in a Christian home. Church has always been a part of my life. My family used to do devotions around the table after dinner. I'm not saying that I liked it as a kid. I'll be honest with you, I really didn't. I'm just saying that was my childhood. When I got to grade nine or 10, somewhere around there, I started to question everything that I believed. And I just couldn't shake the feeling that I was missing out because of all the rules. And really, that's because I didn't understand them. I didn't know that God had given us these things to protect us and to lead us into joy. And that's not to say that it hadn't been explained to me. I'm sure I had great youth leaders who explained all of that to me, but obviously I didn't believe them. Not really. I hadn't absorbed it. And so I walked away from God for like three or four years in high school. I didn't want to be a Christian. I didn't want to follow Jesus. I wanted to do my own thing. And it's not that I ever stopped believing in God. It's just that I kind of tried to push him really hard to the side. And yet what I discovered, what the prodigal son discovered, that eventually when I came to my senses and I, and I came back to God, I discovered that he was still there, just waiting for me to come home. 
And there's some adults in this room this morning who know exactly what I'm talking about because that's your story as well. And maybe we need to be better at sharing our stories so that the people around us would have a surety that this is true, that Jesus is there, arms open wide. Now, kids, I don't want that for you. Now, I hope that you grow in your faith more and more and more, and I hope you never walk away. But if you do, and if you find yourself far from God, this story is for you. And maybe you're here this morning, and for whatever reason, you find yourself far from God. Well, Jesus gave us this story for you. So I want you to think back to the video. There's a guy who has two sons. And one of them is a bit of a goody two-shoes. He's super responsible, super loyal. And the other, not so much, right? And one day that son decides that he doesn't want to do it anymore. He's, he's over this whole farming thing. It's boring and monotonous. No offense to any farmers here this morning. It's boring and monotonous. And he wants out. So he walks up to his dad and he says, Hey, I know this isn't how it normally goes, but I want my inheritance now. Not, not later, but I, I want it now. Well, that doesn't sound like that big of a deal to you and me. A little rude maybe, a little presumptuous, but not that big of a deal. But you've got to understand in the ancient world, in a Jewish context, that was huge. Incredibly insulting to this father. He's essentially saying, hey dad, I wish you were dead. Because then I wouldn't have to wait to get what's mine. And that's all I care about. I don't care about you. No, I care about what you can give me, what I can get out of you. And so really, I just kind of wish you disappear. And when you think about that, you think, wow, that's a crazy thing to say. Especially when you're saying it to someone's face. It's brazen, it's bold. It's almost unbelievable. I couldn't imagine my son saying anything like that. Don't get me wrong, he can be cheeky. Every once in a while, I feel a little smacky. I restrain myself. He's cheeky. But I couldn't imagine him saying anything like that. Called me his best friend the other day. Which is like a low-key flex. Because I took that as I'm the greatest father on the face of the planet, and then proceeded to pat myself on the back. His best friend, I'm smashing this. Now, I try to disappear sometimes. Well, that's just because I'm looking for a bit of me time. That's different, okay? I hide in the toilet. I'm ashamed of it. I'm not proud, but I do. I hide in the toilet. But that's different. It's completely different. That's me trying to hide. That's me trying to disappear. That's not wanting me, him, wanting me to disappear. It's just not that at all. I couldn't imagine Seb saying anything like that. I really couldn't. And I couldn't imagine how painful it would be to hear that from your own child. And I think that would break your heart. Any parent in the room would know how much you invest into your kids, how much you sacrifice for your kids. You give them everything. Well, not everything, but you try. And then to hear that, I imagine that would break your heart. And I think I would be just a little angry, if I'm being honest. I'm not sure that I would react all that well. But that's not what we see from the Father. We don't see him yell or scream. We don't see him digging his heels and saying, no, you're not going. 
No, he lets this pompous little kid choose his own path and actually gives him his inheritance. And so the son leaves. He gathers up his stuff and he heads off to have a good time. And man, does he have a good time. And there's some non-PG elements of the next part of this story, but we'll just summarize it and say that he went on a giant bender. And if you don't know what that is, kids, ask your parents. I'm sure they'd be happy to tell you what that is. I'll summarize it. He went a little too hard. He partied a little too hard, wasted his inheritance, and then found himself in deep, deep trouble when the entire country is hit with a famine. The times are tough for everyone, but he doesn't have anything to fall back on. There's no forward planning here, so there's nothing there for a rainy day. And verse 15 says that he began to be in need, but it's just a polite way of saying he was starving. That's what that word means. He was starving. And here's the thing. This is the ironic part of this story. As bad as that is, right, the truth is that he could fix everything if he just packed it up and went home. Fix everything. It'd be humbling, but at least he wouldn't be starving. And I don't know about you, but that seems like a pretty good deal to me. But his pride won't let him. And I don't know if anybody can resonate with that, but it's something that's true of human beings, that so often our pride stops us from doing the very thing that we know we should do. It's right there, it's obvious in front of us, but we just can't do it, because our pride gets in the way. He's determined to make it work. He doesn't want to go home. He doesn't want to have to admit that actually he's made an enormous mistake. So he thinks, no, no, no. I just need a job. I can make this work. I just need a job. He hires himself out to a pig farmer, which for a Jewish person was pretty much rock bottom. And we'll get to why that is a little bit later. It's definitely not where he thought he'd end up when he began this entire escapade. But it is some kind of solution. It is a job. And yet we get to verse 15 and it says that things are so bad that he starts to, to drool over the pig food. It's how desperate he is. It's how little he's getting paid. And I'll be honest with you, I, I don't know how bad it has to get for you to reach that point where pig food suddenly becomes attractive. I don't know where that is, but I'm guessing it's pretty low. It's pretty bad. And that's where he's at. It's, it's rock bottom. It's the image that Jesus has tried to portray for us. This guy has hit rock bottom. He's completely and utterly lost. And his solution didn't make things better. It actually made things Worse, which is so often the case when we try to fix things apart from God, that we only make things worse. He's hit rock bottom. And he has this moment of clarity. He's sitting there thinking about everything that he's left behind, everything that he'd taken for granted his entire life, and you can see the cog slowly starting to turn. He thinks, what am I doing? Even my father's servants have it better than this. And I know that I've really stuffed things up. I know he probably wants nothing to do with me, but maybe he'll take pity on me and allow me to come back as a servant. And then, and then maybe I can try to earn his love and favor again. And so he prepares this speech. It's what we do when we're nervous or afraid. We let the conversation play out in our minds so that we can think about what we would say. 
prepares this speech, and then he gets up and he, and he heads home. And it doesn't tell us how long it takes him to get there, but it does say that while he was still a long way off, the father sees him and runs out to meet him. And I want you to understand how significant that is. So kids, if you've zoned out, come back to me, please. Come back. Put it down. Look at me, please. I want you to hear this. And verse 20 says that while he was still a long way off, his father saw him. And the truth is, you only see someone coming from a long way off if you're looking for them, waiting for them to come home. Or he thinks, my dad's going to be so angry. He probably wants nothing to do with me. And he couldn't have been more wrong. But his father was just waiting longing for the day when his son would come home. That's the Father's heart for you. And if you remember nothing else, remember that is the Father's heart for you. And so much in that one image, that moment, and culturally, as bizarre as it might seem to us, Jewish men didn't run. It's considered improper or undignified. And they certainly didn't associate with people who'd been feeding pigs. You guys know the Old Testament. You studied it in MPK all last year. So you know that pigs were considered unclean. They didn't eat pig. They didn't own pigs. They wouldn't even touch them. And yet here is this father embracing his son who would have been covered in the filth and the muck of this unclean animal. That's an analogy for Jesus. As he wades into the, the muck and the filth of our world, that he might embrace us in our sin. It is a beautiful picture. And the son starts to give him his pre-prepared spiel, but the father won't let him finish. He actually cuts him off and says, don't worry about any of that. There won't be any earning of love and favor. You were lost, and now you're found. You were dead, and now you're alive. You're home. And that's all that matters. That is a beautiful story. And we've got to remember that Jesus is the one who gives it to us. There's a purpose behind this. He wants us to know the heart of the Father. So he gives us that story. He could have given us any parable, any story. And that's what he gives us. That says to me that despite what so many think, God isn't some cold or distant being. You know, sitting on a cloud just waiting for us to stuff up so that he can judge us or or smite us or whatever image you have in your head, that's not who he is. And I can testify to that. I walked away from the Lord three or four years and I did a whole bunch of things that I regret, a whole bunch of really dumb things. Never stopped believing because there was just... Too many experiences that I couldn't shake, but I tried really hard to push God to the side. So I could do what I want and not feel guilty about it, essentially. It was like God was reaching out to me, I just kept smacking his hand away. Now I took grace for granted. I took Jesus for granted. I didn't trust him or believe that he was actually for me. And when I reached that point, when I finally realized the mistake that I'd made, I said, Jesus, I'm coming home. I I discovered what the prodigal son discovered. What this story tells us, that God was still there. He still loved me and wanted me. 
and they've just been waiting for me to come home. And I thought coming back would be hard. I put it off for so long. There was this long period when I felt like I know what I should do, but then actually doing it was just really difficult. I had to humble myself, eat some humble pie, admit that I didn't actually know, that I'd made a whole lot of mistakes. I thought it would be hard coming back. I thought people at church would judge me. That's true, I did. And I made it especially hard. But actually, I encountered grace and love. I thought there'd be shame, but actually he honored me and restored me. It's the whole point of the father putting the robe and the ring and all that kind of thing. He's restoring his honor, his dignity, elevating him, not shaming him, honoring him. And that is the heart of our God. And you might be here this morning and things are awesome between you and the Lord. Praise God. May we never take it for granted. And we never take his heart, his character, and his nature for granted. But then the reality is that might not be you this morning. And you might be here, but not want to be. And maybe you wouldn't even tell anyone that, but if you're being honest, that's true. You're here, but you don't really want to be. You might call yourself a Christian, but maybe actually you walked away from the Lord a long time ago, and no one knows because you're putting on a really nice front. And maybe you think that too much has happened, or that you've drifted too far. You've been gone for too long. And I had all of those thoughts, and I had a deep sense of shame. But I know now that all of that is a lie of the enemy, it's nothing but a lie. The enemy wants nothing more for you to waddle in shame and be too scared to return to the Father, and none of it is true. And Jesus has shown us his heart. And he's shown us that the door is always open, that he is always there, arms open wide, calling us home. And it's never too late. One of my favorite baptisms I've ever seen was of this 70 or early 80s-year-old man I want to get baptized in the night service because he said that's where the, the loud music and the life is. <laughs> okay, love that. And so here's this 70, 80-year-old guy who's not walked with the Lord his entire life, walked 60, 70 years far from God, who discovered Jesus late in life. But to know the joy and the wonder of that moment, it was beautiful. It's this great reminder to us that it is never too late. Never. Maybe some of you this morning need to know that, and maybe some of you this morning need to come home. And what we would say is that we would love to pray for you. There doesn't have to be anybody special, anybody down the front. I'd love to pray for you, but I don't have any special prayers. It could be anyone. It could be the person sitting next to you. It could be the person that brought you. It does not matter. The door is always open. Jesus is for you. And he's calling you home. Let's pray. Father, we're grateful. We're grateful because it's not about us. If it was about us and our good works and our ability to do the right thing and our ability to obey and and, and hold the law, we would be stuffed. Nowhere. 
but it's not about us. We don't have to bring anything to the table because Jesus, you have done everything. And you are more than enough. Your love and your faithfulness is unwavering. And right here, right now, whether we know you and you're calling us to walk closer, more intimately, or whether or not we actually don't know you at all and you're calling us home, we're so grateful to know that Jesus, that you are always calling us. You never write us off. You never shut the door. You never turn away. It's got nothing to do with us. It's all about who you are and we're grateful. And so we just worship you this morning. We thank you for being holy, righteous, and yet at the same time gracious and merciful and abounding and steadfast love. And I pray that each and every person in this room this morning would know that, not just in some intellectual sense, but they'd know it experientially in their heart to know the love of God. And this I pray for in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this podcast brought to you from Mount Pleasant Baptist Church. Our prayer is that what was said today inspires you and strengthens you in your faith. If you would like to talk to someone about what you've heard today, you can contact the team during office hours on the number you can find on our website at mounties.org.au. Thanks for joining us. We look forward to having your company again soon. God bless.